0: Welcome to the Vineyard Cincinnati podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast.
1: It's great to see you guys. We are in week three of our series, Direct Message about hearing God through the Bible. Now, as I kick off this week, I was thinking about years ago, I was in a, men's Bible say I was a new believer and someone just handed me a Bible and said, start reading it. So I just started reading because that's what I was told to do. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, you know, I, I was having a hard time understanding. It was like getting into it, trying to dig into it was difficult. And, and as, we, as we've talked this whole series, it can be confounding and struggling. And I was in this group and the guys were holding me accountable to read and we were all trying to read. And the leader of the group, he was a few years older than me, he said, here's what we're going to do tonight, guys. We're gonna just open up the 23rd Psalm and we're gonna start reading it bit by bit and just meditate on the piece. I'm like, well, I know the 23rd Psalm, right? Like, everyone knows the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Right, like, I know that. And I'd read it. I'd even memorized pre-atheist days and then post-atheist days. It still was in my mind, but I didn't get it. And he proceeded for the next hour and a half to have us chunk by chunk Verse by verse, word by word, just meditate on this and sit quietly and meditate on the Lord is my shepherd. What does it mean that he's my shepherd? What does it mean that because he's my shepherd, I shall not want? Just sit on that. We prayed on Then he said, what does it mean that the Lord is my shepherd? It points to Jesus, says he's the good shepherd. What does it mean that Jesus is the good shepherd? Because everything in scripture points to Jesus as the point. And for an hour and a half we did this, and all of a sudden the word started to come alive to me for the first time. Because when you meditate on it, and you ruminate on it, it starts to catch. And it takes time, and it takes work sometimes, but the work is worth it when you put in the time. Here's the deal, today, we're talking about, uh, wait, my notes are all out of order, why is that? Last page. Today, we're talking about part three of direct message. If you've not been with us, remember, we said in this whole series, it's the birthright of all God's kids to hear their dad's voice. That is a promise. And the primary, the first and primary way we hear our dad's voice is through his word. And remember, we also said we read this word to know the word. We get into this word to know the word. The primary point of the Bible is about connection. It's not about direction. It's not about correction. It's not about protection and not about collection. It is about connecting with the living God. In the beginning was the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We read the word to know the word. And lastly, we looked last week, this Bible is not the point. As much as I love this Bible, as many times as I read this Bible, this is not the point. It points to the point. Jesus is the point, and all of it, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, points to Jesus and points through Jesus as the point. So we need to be people that get into the Word and meditate on it. So today, I'm going to talk about part two kind of, of meditation. We looked a little bit at it last week, but it's this Christian idea, by the way. I don't know if you have, you know, meditated on the word meditate before, and a lot of times people serve this up as like a New Age idea, well, the idea of meditation was in Christianity long before it was in other religions. They didn't invent it. The, the, the Jewish and Christian religion came up with this idea. And the whole idea comes from a Hebrew word, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, called "hagah," And, and the word haggah, it sounds like eating, doesn't it? Hagah. And, and the word means to meditate, murmur, in pleasure like chewing on a bone, to murmur on something, to ponder, to imagine, to mutter, to internalize. Recall, we looked last week, the word Haga is used for a dog chewing on a bone, or a lion savoring its prey, or a cow chewing on his cud, storing the cud back here, and keeps pulling it forward to ruminate on it. Hebrew words, I don't know if you know this or not, it's kinda cool, are made up of Hebrew letters that each letter is a definition. And the definition, the words come together to make the meaning of the word. So the, the three letters are hay, gimel, and hey. The hey means to seek the Holy Spirit as revelator and pay attention to what follows. So like ask Holy Spirit, speak to me, reveal to me, and then I'm going to pay attention to what you're saying. And the gimel means to lift up the name of the Lord. The word gimel, the, the letter gimel is also the picture of a camel, which is really interesting. The camel stores stuff. We'll get to that in a second. And then back to, hey, again, seek the Holy Spirit as a revelator and pay attention. So you put those three letters together, and the, the word meditate means seeking Holy Spirit to make us attentive to who God is and what God's up to through his word and throughout movement of life. Holy Spirit speaks to us all things. As we do so, as we store the word in us, it's the act of storing it and feeding on it because it's what really sustains us for true living. So as we store it, we lift up the name of Jesus in prayer and in praise. We we worship and pray him and and so that when we do that, meditate on him when we are in the deserts of life, when all of life, but especially the deserts of life, will have a storage of water in our system. That's the purpose of meditation. To store the word so deeply in our hearts that we're connected with him at all times, but especially in hard times. But here's the problem. Most of us Christians don't eat the word like this. We don't meditate and feed on the word like our lives depend on it, do we? If we're really honest, we eat the word or or come to the word, and I think, I'm gonna challenge this for a second. This is challenging me too. We come to church and come to the word more like we would come to a wine tasting. Have you ever been to a wine tasting? Like you just, oh, it's a little oaky. That wine is okay. It's good on my palate. And it's a very, again, I love wine tastings, but it's a very consumeristic mindset. Many times we come to church with this consumeristic mindset rather than coming to the word, coming to worship, coming to Jesus with a mindset of like we've just come out of a really hard game and we need Gatorade. We need water. We need to come to church. We need to come to the word. We need to come to worship with that mentality of I need Gatorade to be sustained and refreshed so that I can play better. What, what would happen if we tasted and fed on the word like it was our life? What if we drank it and ate it and meditated on it like we can't live without it? We might actually change. Here's the deal, guys. I just, this challenges me. When we come to this word that, that tells us about the word, we often, we often forget who we're reading about, don't we? I mean, I love the idea that Jesus is my friend. He is my loving Savior and my friend. But my friend is holy. He's a holy God. I'll never forget years ago, I heard a guy tell me he saw a t-shirt in a t-shirt shop And and on the front, it said, Jesus is my homeboy. And the guy said, yeah, but that homeboy's holy, and don't forget it. We forget who he is. My friend Sean this week, we're we're holding each other accountable to read the word. He sent me this text saying, man, I was was in Revelation. I love when young people are in Revelation. He's reading Revelation 19. He said, check out what Revelation says about Jesus. Check this out. Verse 11 of chapter 19, Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. That's Jesus. And in righteousness, he judges and make war. This is a powerful God. Then it goes on. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. Last verse, he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and the name by which he is called is the word of God. Do we come to the word of God like we're worshiping that person just described? I'm not saying we come distantly and afraid, but we come in intimacy for connection, but also acknowledging I need his words because he is the word of life and he is the savior and the king of the world. Let's not forget who we're worshiping. We can't come to God like a, a wine tasting. I, th- I think many of us forget how good it is for us to do it. We forget how necessary is it for us to live, and we just go through life mundane and not eating on it like we need for our sustenance. You know, a study shows, here's what's fascinating. I love studies. A study shows that people who take their, their pets to the veterinarian, Will do, 98% of people will do exactly what the veterinarian says to do for your pet. Do you know that? 98% of people, if, you're, if they give you a prescription for your pet, 98% will do exactly what the veterinarian says. Guess what the stats are on humans that go to a human doctor and he gives you prescriptions of things to do. What would you guess the stats are on humans fulfilling what the doctor says to do? What's that? 42 percent, 42 percent, and I'm one of those that's like, ah, he's an idiot. He got his doctorate degree. Who cares? But I'll do whatever Maggie needs. What, What does that tell us? We care more about our pets than ourselves. We have been prescribed, we've been prescribed the message of life, And why don't we choose to eat it and meditate on it day and night? We settle for chips and donuts and burgers and carbs rather than healthy chicken and veggies. I'm all about a good piece of cake, but come on. Let's eat the good stuff. We need to believe that the person's ways of Jesus are the best and feed on him and his word. And if we do so, we will disconnect in order to truly connect. I want to watch a video by Simon Sinek. And this is going to hit us right in the solar plexus. Simon Sinek is a sociologist and thinker and talks about how we as a culture, he's not even a Christian, but this talks right to us, how we as a culture are so into our devices that we're missing out on God. And I would say we need to put down the devices and connect with God. Just just watch this and and don't hate me when he's done, all right?
0: We know that engagement with social media and our cell phones releases a chemical called dopamine. That's why when you get a text, it feels good. Right? So, you know, we've all had it where you're feeling a little bit down or feeling a bit lonely, and so you send out ten texts to ten friends, you know, hi, 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 Because <laughs> it feels good when you get a response. Right? Right? It's why we count the likes, it's why we go back ten times to see if, and if it's going, if our, my Instagram is growing slower, I would, I, I, did I do something wrong, do they not like me anymore, right? The, the trauma for young kids to be unfriended right? Because we know when you get it, you get a hit of dopamine, which feels good. It's why we like it. It's why we keep going back to it. Dopamine is the exact same chemical that makes us feel good when we smoke, when we drink, and when we gamble. In other words, it's highly, highly addictive, right? We have age restrictions on smoking, gambling, and uh, alcohol, and we have no age restrictions on social media and cell phones, which is the equivalent of opening up the liquor cabinet and saying to our teenagers, hey, by the way, this adolescence thing, if it gets you down... (laughs) (laughs) But that's basically what's happening. That's basically what's happening, right? That's basically what happened. You have an entire generation that has access to an addictive, numbing chemical called dopamine through social media and cell phones as they're going through the high stress of adolescence. Why is this important? Almost every alcoholic discovered alcohol when they were teenagers. When we're very, very young, the only approval we need is the approval of our parents. And as we go through adolescence, we make this transition where we now need the approval of our peers. Very frustrating for our parents, very important for us. It allows us to acculturate outside of our immediate families into the broader tribe, right? It's a highly, highly stressful and anxious period of our lives, and we're supposed to learn to rely on our friends. Some people, quite by accident, discover alcohol and numbing effects of dopamine to help them cope with the stresses and anxieties of adolescents. Unfortunately, that becomes hardwired in their brains, and for the rest of their lives, when they suffer significant stress, they will not turn to a person, they will turn to the bottle. Social stress, financial stress, career stress. That's pretty much the primary reasons why an alcoholic drinks, right? What's happening is, because we're allowing unfettered access to these dopamine-producing devices and media, Basically, it's becoming hardwired, and what we're seeing is as they grow older, they, too many kids don't know how to form deep, meaningful relationships. Their words, not mine. They will admit that many of their friendships are superficial. They will admit that their friends, that they don't count on their friends, they don't rely on their friends, they have fun with their friends, but they also know that their friends will cancel on them, if something better comes along. Deep, meaningful relationships are not there because they never practice the skill set, and worse. They don't have the coping mechanisms to deal with stress. So when significant stress starts to show up in their lives, they're not turning to a person. They're turning to a device. They're turning to social media. They're turning to these things which offer temporary relief. We know, the science is clear, we know that people who spend more time on Facebook suffer higher rates of depression than people who spend less time on Facebook, right? These things balance. Alcohol is not bad. Too much alcohol is bad. Gambling is fun. Too much gambling is dangerous. There's nothing wrong with social media and cell phones, it's the imbalance. If you're sitting at dinner with your friends and you're texting somebody who's not there, that's a problem, that's an addiction. If you're sitting in a meeting with people you're supposed to be listening to and speaking and you put your phone on the table, face up or face down, I don't care, that sends a subconscious message to the room that, you're just just not that important to me right now. That's what happens. And the fact that you cannot put it away is because you are addicted, right? If you wake up and you check your phone before you say good morning to your girlfriend, boyfriend, or spouse, you have an addiction. And like all addiction, in time, it'll destroy relationships, it'll cost time, and it'll cost money, and it'll make your life worse.
1: So don't throw your phones at me. And don't be mad at me. And and don't think to yourself, if you're looking down at your teen going, did you hear? Look at yourself. We, we are addicted to these things. And in, for, for our sakes, God's saying for 2,000 millennium, two, two millenniums, God said, Med, meditate on me first and you'll find life. You meditate on the other stuff, you won't find life. So I'm imploring you. This is the doctor saying to you, eat the book. Eat this word and things will go well for you. Joshua chapter one, God comes to Joshua and he says, you're now gonna be my man you're now, Moses has been great, you're now gonna be my man. I'm telling you, stay with me, Joshua. You're my man, I love you, I'm for you. Stay with me, and you'll be strong, you'll be courageous, you'll be powerful. And here's what he says, verse seven. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall haga meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then he goes on. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I'm not telling you to read this book and meditate on this book in order to get money, in order to get good to happen. I'm saying we connect with God in order to experience strength ex- or experience connection. Here's what you need to notice. In that passage, God says, Joshua, I'm connected with you. I'm connected with you. You're my boy. You're my man. But if you want to experience my connection, you've got to meditate on my word. If you want to experience strength and power, you have to meditate on my word. Let's get in this book and let's meditate on this book for our sake." and for the next generation's sake. We need to. We're a disconnected culture. So, how do we meditate? How do we meditate? And many of you are thinking, I don't know how to meditate. I'm not an Eastern religion person. But I'm gonna tell you right now, you all meditate every day of your lives. Every one of us meditates all the time. It's not a matter of if we meditate, it's what do we meditate on. Let me give you an illustration, right? Let me give you an illustration. You're hanging out with a friend, A colleague, a family member—you're in a 30-minute conversation, and the person says one thing in five seconds of the 30-minute conversation, and you leave that conversation and you dwell on it for the next two days. Anyone? Come on, come on! I'll give you a live example for me. This is—put a mirror up to me. I'm hanging out with a guy, not too long ago. Good friend of mine, I love. He says, "You know, Matt, man, whenever we hang out, there's just..." No silence between us. We we just have nonstop yapping. And I got in the car to leave. And I'm like, yapping? I don't yap. I ask questions. You yap. My questions and conversation are meaningful. You just yap a bunch. Maybe he doesn't think I'm deep. Does he think I don't have smart things to say? I'm smarter than him. Does he really think I talk more than him? He's a yapper. I'm not a yapper. Maybe I am a yapper, maybe I do talk too much, maybe I need to be more quiet, maybe I need to stop talking so much. Maybe I should stop hanging out with him because he yaps and I feel like a yapper when I'm with him. Maybe, maybe I should text him right now some really deep questions to show him how wise I am. We all do it, right? You start to, you, you go on Facebook and you see someone else's Facebook feed, you begin to meditate on what they have and what you don't, right? You, you're on Instagram, you're, you're like, oh man, my, my, oh man, their kid got into Yale. Mine got into UC. God. Meditate. Meditate. They got a new house. We meditate like like a seed or a popcorn husk stuck in our teeth. We obsess. Come on. You do we all do we all meditate all the time and the things we meditate on can make or break our Day We can be happy and joyful one minute and miserable the next. We've let meditation take us down. So what I'm suggesting is meditation is something we all do. We all meditate all the time, but we get to choose what we meditate on. So I'm suggesting we meditate on God's word so we live more powerfully and more effectively. Stop the cycle of stinking thinking and get into godly meditation so that your day will go Better. Meditate in the word to know the word for your good. So how do we do it? You listen and live the word. Daily decide to get up and listen to and live the word. Listen, read it to listen to it. Hear Holy Spirit speak to you like, like Hey, Gimel, and Hey says, ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you and then, then live out what it says. I love Jesus was talking to a bunch of people. He was hanging out, he was talking about prayer. It was in Luke chapter. 11. He's talking about prayer. He's talking about the, how the enemy comes after us. And after he said all these things, this woman shouts out from the crowd. He said these things. A woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the woman that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. And you can just see him smile. and goes, I love Mary. I love my mama. That's right. But mama's not who we're talking about right now. Blessed rather are those who hear my word, the word of God, and do it. Listen and do the word. Meditation is getting in it and doing what it says. I like what the Apostle Paul says. After he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. He says, finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Meditate on these things. What you've learned and received and heard from me and seen and practiced, practice these things in the God of peace be with you. Paul is telling us, think on Jesus. Think on truth. Pray the truth. Be with Jesus. I I can't say this enough. Meditate on the word. We've done this for three weeks. we got one more of it. For your sake, for the sake of your children, meditate on the word. For the sake of your family. Can I tell you, my mom is 83 years old. Mom, I know you're watching tonight. I love you. She fell and hit her head last week. She was in the hospital all week and she had a brain bleed. Dad got her out of ICU, got her back home, Love you, Mom. You're doing great. And he said he walked into the main room today, and my 83-year-old mom, who's faithful, faithful, godly woman, is having a hard time retaining things right now, and she was in the Word. She was in the Word. And her being in the Word, I'm telling you, her being in the Word has had an impact on all of the generations below her. All of our family is, we're not perfect. We're broken. We're flawed. But we are we believe in Jesus because my mom and dad meditated on God as their Savior. Meditate on the And again, if you're here today and you're like, well, man, my kids aren't following Jesus, Does that means I didn't read the word? No, no, this is not a name it, claim it thing. Get in the word, meditate so you know and connect with Jesus. And when you meditate on your word, you'll know the word and you'll show the word to the world. You can't give away what you've not put in you, you can't give away what you've not put in you. So get into the word. Read it, 15 minutes, three minutes. I don't get in it. I wanna invite the band out. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna work this, because if you wanna really get in the word, by the way, one of the ways to get in the word is you decide to pray it. Wait, here, here's what I wanna challenge you to Pray the Bible. I've given you guys all, on the back of your programs, if you didn't get one, grab it on the way out, a Lectio Divina exercise, and it's described. Lectio Divina has four parts. And you just give yourself 10 minutes or 15 minutes and there's four chunks and you just walk through the chunks and just spend time meditating on the word. Eat it. Chew on it. When you eat it, chew on it. And what I encourage you is pray back the word. Pray it back to God. If you want to get a yes to your prayer, pray back the word to God. It's a guaranteed yes. You pray, you said this, Lord. I'm taking your word. Okay. Lord, is that good? Or Or, or worship it. Find worship songs that have... Have scripture in them and lean into the Lord. We read the word to know the word. And we read the word to see that Jesus is the point of all of life. It's up to you. Moses, in his last days, said to all the people of Israel, choose this day whom you'll serve. It's your choice. And then Moses said, I choose life. Family members of North Star. Let's change our world by being so connected with the Word of God. Not to get knowledge, not to be puffed up, not to look like we're smart, but to be so connected with the living God that we can't help but smell like Him. We can't help but act like Him. When you're in the presence of Jesus, when you know Jesus, when the Holy Spirit is oozing out of you and you're in the Word, you will talk different, you will think different, you will be different, and the people around you say... That smells good. I wanna know the God they know. Please. Would you stand? You may not know this. This is Pentecost weekend. Pentecost weekend is a celebration of Jesus impart, of, of, of the living God imparting his Holy Spirit on us. It's, the Holy Spirit is our power source to live We cannot live without Holy Spirit. Jesus rose to set us free from our sin. And he promised I'll put my spirit in you to live. To live more abundantly. Amen. Amen. I want to invite our prayer teams down. I just want to pray a blessing over us as we go. Just I I invite you, because it's Pentecost, I invite you to hold your hands out to say, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit. We're celebrating for the power source of life, the, who loves us so much, he, he He indwells us, stirs within us, gives us strength, gives us power, reminds us of the Father's love for us. Thank you for your love. Thanks you for your goodness. Thank you that we get the privilege to worship you as the one and true and only God. And all God's people said, "Amen." Amen. If you want prayer, come down and get prayer. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast.